Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Deep stuff tonight. We're going to talk about the power of spiritual fathers and mothers, spiritual sons and daughters. But more than anything, we're going to delve into the question. Is there hope for this generation, Gen Z, and those that follow? Is the age of the church over, or is there a remnant rising? Spoiler alert, the remnant is rising. Let's get into this. This is going to blow your mind. Well, tonight on The Big Picture, I have one of my, the pastors that have changed my life from afar. It is a, an incredible honor to meet him in person a couple of different times and to now introduce him to the big picture audience. I want you to put your hands together and welcome Pastor Ron Carpenter. The man, crowd I, is going wild. Man, I'm telling you, I, I've, I've got to rethink the way I do my podcast altogether after watching <laughs> you, man. You, you set the bar high, oh. really high. Well, hey, look, I, I had to set it high, man. I got Ron Carpenter on here with me, bro. I'm sitting there saying, mine's boring after just listening to your introduction. I feel bored. So anyway, uh, but man, what, it's what, great what? to be here. It's great to be here. Great to be with your people. Great to be with your following, those that uh, are joining us today. I'm excited about our time together. Thank, thank you for you. having me, Pastor. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate all that you do for the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, I was at, you know, I remember last year at Dominion Camp Meeting, that message you preached on the Holy Ghost was one of the most powerful, uh, I mean, revelations of Holy Ghost I've ever seen. And, and I got so many downloads that day. You know, I started off giving you credit, Pastor Ron, but you know, you know how that thing goes. After a while, you know, I just, uh, I, I just sort of just took, took authority and just ran with it. But man, you get, you dropped some bombs that night. So, I, I, I thank God for you and, uh, and everything that you're doing. Real quick, before we dive into some Holy Ghost stuff, brother. I mean, you, you, I mean, you were in South Carolina. You was a country boy. I mean, all of a sudden. God just comes down and says, all right, country boy, I, I got a, I got another assignment for you. You know what? Um, that, that's a great way to start out because that that's, I've been asked that a thousand times, pastor. I, I was in, I was in Greenville, South Carolina. We started that with three people and I was there almost three decades. Wow. I, I hate to say that cause I'm, I don't feel old, you know, I'm, I'm 55 years old, but I started that church when I was 21. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we were there just a, a smidget under 30 years. And um, I figured I'd be there my whole life. Things were great. Nothing was wrong. Most people don't want to leave something until it's in trouble. But the, the last year I was there was our greatest statistical year in history. Wonderful people, wonderful run. But I did have a pastor out on the West Coast up here in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area, the Silicon Valley. There's, it's the most unchurched region in all of America. Wow. Uh, past Seattle is past all of them. 97% unreached. The 3% are Catholic. So just evangelical churches as a whole, there's just really not even any around here. Mm. And um, the facility that was built and stuff would be very difficult to replace. There's no land available here. Everything's grown up. It would be a gazillion dollars to try to redo all this. And, and the pastor was 73 years old. I'd preached conferences for him. He was retiring. 
And he just kept for three years, mm. just kind of throwing something in front of me, saying, I believe you could do something out here. And, and you know, I'm like you said, I mean, I was raised on a farm and I, yeah. I was in the South my entire life. All my accent, my colloquialisms, everything I know is Southeast church. And, uh, but I looked at my wife one day after praying and, and she had been praying. I had a family meeting and I said, you know, if we're going to do something, we need to do it now. I feel like another wow. got, I feel like I got another good run left in me. Yep. And, uh, we took over out here on the West coast. It's, it's so different. It's like a different planet. Uh, we do have a, a, uh, campus still on the East coast. So I go back and forth every month and, and uh, I'm going to tell you, God's got to be up there in a the rocking chair laughing at me, having a good time, because you're talking about two polar opposite yeah. yes. worlds. Yeah. They vote different. They think different. They work different. Their culture's different. But I'll be honest with you, I'm having the time of my life, Pastor, mm. and I feel in some ways like I've been born again. Wow. And uh, I'm seeing God do some tremendous things in an area where nobody expected to see God do anything. Wow. So... I'm grateful for the moment we're in. I really am. Thank you well, for asking me that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wanted everybody to know what God was doing because I, I think one of the main reasons, Pastor, that God is using you so mightily there in California and, like you said, in a totally world, world that you never dreamed you'd be in is because I think the people that are coming there to your your church on the on the west coast just like on the east coast is looking for authenticity. And yes. and when and when they see somebody coming from South Carolina to to San Jose, California. Yeah. They know yeah. they better have had a mission from God. And yeah. and and I and I watch every Sunday morning. I watch your live services, uh -huh. uh, your, uh the replays, it's some of the things that I get that I feed my soul before I go out and speak to our people. And and I see them people dancing and shouting out there in California. It's and I, it's, it's just it's, crazy. It's been one of the greatest things to watch because when I when I first got here and this has nothing to do with the former leadership. Great man, built all this, was here 37 years. We honor him financially. Yes. We honor him with, with, with place every time he comes. But the fact was, you know, it, it had deteriorated somewhat. And I remember our first service, I told my wife, I said, I feel like somebody's about to roll a casket down the aisle. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it, was, it was not a lively atmosphere at all. And then COVID happened. But I'm going to tell you, since that in the last 24 months, mm. and especially the last six months, there has been a real, true Holy Ghost shift. Come on, that has taken place here. And I told my wife, I said, "What whatever restraints I put on them, I'm going to take them all off. I'm going to be the authentic me, and I'm going to turn it loose and go yep. for it." And you know what? Every week, there's more people here than there were the week before. Wow. And uh, people said it'll never happen there. They're a bunch of atheists. They're a bunch of God haters. There are people on the West Coast that love Jesus with yes. all their heart. And I'm here not because God wants California to go to hell, but because I believe he's going to do something that's going to turn the eyes of the people to the West Coast. And it's going to yep. be like the burning bush. Let us go see this great sight. I and, really do. That's and, why I'm here. And pastor, the truth is it has always been what happens in California happens in the country. And and it it goes in that way. And it's really been the negative 
It's been the right. negative. So right. we're believing God for the remnant to raise up leaders in this moment, yes. like yourself, that yes. can follow that pattern that is obviously a God-set pattern that was supposed to be that way, and the enemy stole it. So I'm praying for California. I've got some pastors that pastor out there, some friends that pastor out there. I'm telling you, there is a move of God happening. There's a move of God happening all over the world. There yes. is truly yes. a remnant rising. And and look, COVID was horrible. It was, it was a real virus. Yes. I'm not denying that and everything, we can have a whole nother show on, on COVID. Right. But but the re reality is this, Pastor, I think you agree with me. COVID, if anything good that came out of it, it was the remnant that was left was like, you know what? I don't care about religion anymore. I don't care about what I look like on TV. When I get in that pulpit and I preach, you're going to get me. Exactly. That's what, you know, I, I would going back and forth between South Carolina and California, Pastor, you know, I was in California. We were on total lockdown in the Bay Area. They were putting police cars and city government cars in my parking lot wow. to make sure nobody came in it. That's how, that's what I was dealing with. And I was getting a lot of texts and stuff from East Coast guys say, oh, you done got to California and you done <laughs> sold out, you know, because I was known as being such a gunslinger. Yeah. yeah. But I said, you know, it, it ain't smart for me to come out here for 10 months and then pick a fight with the government. I mean, that, right. that was not something I thought I needed to do. Mm -mm. But it shut us down. It, it really hurt us in some ways. But then I was flying back to the East Coast of South Carolina. I don't think they'd ever heard of COVID. <laughs> I'm, I, don't, I don't think they knew there was a COVID. So I'm going from complete lockdown to all the restaurants are packed. <laughs> so my world, my world was so crazy. But um, I do think that COVID did somewhat of a filtering and a, and a sifting. Yeah. And uh, what the people that are coming now, uh, a lot of them are new. Mm. Uh, a lot of this growth is new growth. It's not returning growth. Yeah. And when they come in, there's a fervor and an expectation like I'm not sure that the other ones have. You know, you have natives in a church and you have immigrants. Mm. And sometimes the natives get familiar and, you know, that we know how this is done. But you get the immigrants and they bring new life. And wow. we're getting a lot of the immigrants into both our churches on both coasts. And uh, and I have, I'm like I said, I'm 55. I've seen it all. I've done it all. And pastor, I'm just turning it loose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we laying hands on everything, throwing oil on everybody. We're running laps. We're tossing babies. We're slapping each other. I mean, we're doing everything. And people said it'll never happen in California. Well, turn on your computer Sunday. It's happening yeah. in California. It is. It is. It is definitely happening in California. And God, and God is using, ladies and gentlemen, big picture. Listen to me. That's why we call this show the big picture is because we wanted to get on here and show you God. I'm 55 also, Pastor, by the way. Right, and, right. Uh, and and so that's a, that's a double grace, baby. Double grace. Uh, this right, is our double grace right. year. So so I'm re, I'm getting ready to have my first grandbaby. Built a house during the pandemic. Oh, you wow. know, I, I, craziness. And it's got this beautiful sunset goes out of the water. And I'm sitting on the back porch and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm 55. I got my grandbaby. I can watch the sun go down on the water. And I'm just, I'm not going to retire yet from the pulpit, but I'm just going to just sort of slow down and not do as much. And God's like you were talking about earlier, just sitting up there laughing. He's like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. You're going on YouTube. You're going to write a book. You're going to release a new book. You, you, you're just now getting started. And yeah. so, so I, cause this, because the remnant is few, Pastor, it, you know that it's just, it's, it's the, it's the leftover. It's the cutaway. And it's, it's, but it's the ones, a lot of, a lot of the remnant that's happening, especially out in California. 
I mean, it's just been faithful people just being hungry for God in the midst of one of the most difficult environments ever, crying out to God, help us, help us, help us. And God sent you and your wife out there to bring revival. And what I love about what God is doing in your church, Pastor, is it's not just a growing church. It's a growing Holy Ghost power-packed yeah. church in California, and I believe it's an example to the rest of the country. So my question to you right now, Pastor, is what are you seeing there and then also in Greenville? Is there really a new remnant rising? Is there? Is, do you see young men, young women that, that would have been going down a path of destruction that are coming to you and saying as a spiritual father, Tell me about the power of the Holy Ghost. Tell me about the gifts. I want to learn about this stuff because I want to be a voice in this moment. This is going to take me about three or four minutes to answer it, but here, let me give this. This is a very intriguing question to me. Um, I think you were probably this way too. Uh, Pastor, when I was in my formative years, 20s, 30 years old, I would drive anywhere to a Parsley, a Bishop Jakes. Yes. Even them, and an, an Eddie Long, a Mike Murdoch, a Kenneth Copeland. Yes. I would do whatever I had to do to get there. I'd eat sardines. I'd pack a cooler with Kool-Aid. I would stay in a Motel 6. Yes. I did whatever I had to do, wait outside in a line, sit in the balcony, mm. in the hopes that something that was on their life would follow me. Come on, Pastor. And 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 I I desired the the mantles that these men walked in and that they carried. And now I've come to the place where, you know, I'm wanting that impartation. I've, mm. I've deepened my well. I've got some experiences under my belt, yes. but I didn't see the millennials really coming in, mm. and wanting what we had. In fact, they, the millennials were kind of looking at us saying, I don't really want what you had. Right. I want to do something different. And so that bothered me that, you know, when I got ready to pour back into somebody, there was nobody really around to pour into. Wow. And um, and then the Generation Z, uh, now the millennials, you know, are in their 40s. The right. Generation Z is coming back around. They're in their uh, early 20s. And I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing in them. They're not impressed with the lights. They're not impressed with the smoke. They're not impressed with the coffee outside in the foyer. They're right. not impressed with your building, not impressed with your facility. They're not impressed with all that. They will sit on a hay bale in a barn if the mm. power of God is there. And what I am seeing is that real young adult is coming back around and saying, we've watched what they before us put this put this stale stuff out there where they drive you through the drive through in 55 minutes. That's not what we want. We want to experience the power of God in a true and in a living way. And now I think that, you know, after a while you get tired of you, you get tired of trying to come up with a new idea or a new spiffy mm. thing to get mm. people there. And uh, so now I went just a few weeks ago, I preached in a church. This really blessed me. It was not a church, really not our flow, not our tribe. I was kind of didn't know why they were having me because I'm a Holy Ghost guy. This was not that kind of church. And I went in there and we had a great service. After the service was over, Pastor, I went in a back room. There was a long table, a little like the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> I was sitting at the end of it. They brought me a plate of food. This was about 10, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And they had 26 millennial pastors sitting around there. Oh my and they goodness. looked at me and said, teach us the kingdom. And I sat there for two hours and taught those young men the kingdom, and they wept. 
and they got on their face and repented. They looked at each other and said, we've never heard these things before. So I may not be seeing it maybe like you're seeing it. I may not be in the middle of it, but I am seeing a remnant and I'm seeing a returning yeah, yeah, for people yeah. who walked away yeah. from the true characteristics of things that make church a church. Mm. And now they're coming right back around and saying, you know what? That don't satisfy. It doesn't fulfill. It doesn't break. It doesn't break yokes. It doesn't break bondages. And we coming back for the real stuff. So something is happening. Yes. Uh, am I seeing it on a large scale? I don't know. I think others may have a bigger picture than I've got. But I will tell you, I am sensing that something is happening where a G generation is coming back. Our generation is experiencing revival and the millennials are saying, I'm empty and I'm dissatisfied. Let me see what it is you got that I left. Well, Pastor, I think you and I both are at a point right now. I, 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 one of the things that uh, I've talked about for years is my youngest daughter, when she was a little girl, she used to always just, she was daddy's girl. She'd ride home from church with me. And her favorite thing, Pastor, as strange as this sounds, was to ask me my second favorite thing. She would never ask me my favorite color. She'd ask me my oh. second favorite color. It was so interesting. And I would just play along with it and all this kind of stuff. And then one night, Pastor, I said, why, baby, why do you always ask for my second favorite thing in my life? And she said something so profound. She was probably 10 years old. She said, because I want to know something about you that no one else knows. Everybody knows your favorite. I want to know something wow. that the others don't know. So the reason it's I'm saying that, Pastor, yeah. a lot of wisdom. Ten years old. Yeah. It changed everything for me. So what you're talking about, Pastor, is when those those millennials came in that room and you they said, teach me about the kingdom, I've, I filter everything I study in the Bible through that. What's the second biggest powerful thing here? Not the thing that everybody else preaches. And I always ask myself, what's the second greatest thing Jesus ever did? We know the first. He died on the cross for our sins, came back, resurrection. What's the second greatest? The second greatest thing I believe he ever did. If you have not already purchased a copy of our book, I See Greatness in You, then I'm encourage you to go over to our website, LarryRaglan.com or LarryRaglan.tv. And you can click on the book there and you can order straight from our publisher, Leadership Books, or you can get it anywhere books are sold online. And then leave us a review if it blesses you. Also, when you go there, you'll get an opportunity to see our merchandise that we have, our I See Greatness in You merchandise. And we also have a Wake Not Woke uh, merchandise as well. Click the Greatness Movement store and it will take you there. If you would like to give and support our television ministry, this is also the same place that you would go to. Just go to LarryRagan.com, click on the Give button, and you can support everything that we're doing here at The Big Picture from our television ministry now that's going into millions of homes and their television, as well as our YouTube channel and all that we're doing for the kingdom. And you've got a part of it. Don't forget to hit that Like button. Let's get back into this great interview. And I always ask myself, what's the second greatest thing Jesus ever did? We know the first. He died on the cross for our sins, came back, resurrection. What's the second greatest? The second greatest thing I believe he ever did was not one single miracle he did, but take the vision that he had and pour it in to 12 men around a campfire. He'd preach to the thousands, then come and make them disciples there. And I believe as we are in this phase in our life, the old men shall dream dreams. The young men shall see visions. Yeah. How will they believe in what they have not heard? Heard. And, and I believe that's why God, not only is he raising up redemption on both coasts why, and, and pastoring and raising up a church, Pastor, he's raising up voices like you as spiritual fathers, true spiritual fathers, because I don't believe the remnant can really rise without 
father voices. Are you feeling that as well? Do you feel like that's the role, not on just pastor and husband and father in your own life, but do you see a surgence of sons and daughters coming and saying, take time and break it down for me? Yeah, I've had to re rearrange my life. You're talking about, you know, how you were going to back off and then God said, well, I got another plan for you. Um, I don't think I'll ever retire. Uh, don't want to get into this. I don't even know that retirement's biblical, but right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to change my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to change my schedule. Sure. And, uh, while I am, I'm a, I'm a local church guy. I really am. There's some guys that are media guys who happen yeah. to pastor a church. Right. There's other guys that are church guys that happen to be on media. I'm mm -hmm. a church guy. I like to go to a church. I like to take a people, a region, and impact it for the cause of Christ and then put it on a screen and let let the world see what God has done in a city and how he's transformed it. That's kind of the way I like to operate. And the fact is I've had to kind of rearrange my schedule and my timing to allow for what you just said mm. uh, because I do have people, and especially under 40 years old, that are coming. I've never asked this. I've never told people to do it. But most of my guys in my network don't call me pastor, don't call me apostle, don't mm. call me bishop. They call me dad. Right. Mm. It's, it's the weirdest wow. thing. It's powerful. They call me dad. Mm. Uh, when I woke up down the hallways, a lot of the teenagers, yeah. dad or pops or mm -hmm. something like that. So there's already this grace, I think, that God has put in me where people see me like that. Yeah. And you receive people the way you perceive them. And so they perceive me as a father figure. Therefore, they've allowed me to be that in their life. Being the father figure is not always fun because they also bring the father their problems, their troubles, their sins, and everything else. And I have to be able to gracefully be able to deal with those things. But yes, I have seen a move toward father and son ministry. And yeah. God said that he would restore the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons yeah. to the fathers. Yeah. I'm seeing that happen right now in my midst and am having to, in my schedule to make room for it. Yeah. Uh, right. Because used to, there was no room in my life for that. Yeah. But now I've made room for that where I can just invest in these people's lives in a very fatherly manner when it comes to the things of the kingdom. Yeah. And, and you know, for a father, what, what kind of father doesn't want their sons and daughters to go faster and further than Excel. them? And, and, a, and a true father is never going to just say, hey, I'll be a father to you, but you stay behind me. You know, right. you know, you, you, you don't, I don't ever want to see you be more successful than me. One of the most disgusting things in the world is to see a parent that is jealous of the success of their child, yeah. you know, and, but you know, what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you, Pastor. Right. And I was, I was in Dominion and I, and I was there that night two years ago when you honored, and it was everybody in the whole place was weeping and crying when you honored Dr. Parsley. And he come up and laid his head on your chest. Oh my yeah. God. That that was I got a picture of that sitting uh, on the wall in my office. That was one of the most incredible moments I've ever been a part of in my life because that was a son loving on a spiritual father and then a father knowing his role in his life, being so proud of his son, laying his head upon your chest. And I, I was I was propped up against the wall over on the about the second or third row, and, the, and I was just weeping, just weeping in, uncontrollably, because I was I was witnessing I believe true kingdom, and true kingdom yeah. is that's why we call ourselves brothers and sisters because we're a family, and families have fathers and mothers, and so so you know we know that the scripture don't call no man father but your father in heaven. We get right. that. We know he's our ultimate provision, right. but. 
if I tell our church all the time, where are the fathers and the mothers of the church? Because we got a bunch of young people, like you said, that they don't want the smoke and mirrors. They don't. They don't. They don't. You got coffee, they'll drink it, but they're not coming to church for coffee. They 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 they're on TikTok watching witch talk and and watching all kinds of supernatural stuff happening. You know where demons are yep. manifesting, tarot cards reading. You know, you won't you won't get an alcoholic delivered. You better give them something better than the alcoholic than the alcohol. Exactly. So yeah. so they're looking for supernatural. And, and, and they're not just really coming for a supernatural church service. They may think that, but what they're really coming for is a supernatural relationship with somebody that is a spiritual father and mother that is in this last day's dreaming dreams while they're seeing visions. And I'll, I've always sort of interpreted it, and my simple mind may not be correct here, but I've always thought the old men dreaming dreams is almost like us dreaming about how it used to be thinking it would never happen again. And then all of a sudden, here comes that final generation with a vision of how we just thought was a dead move. And one of our roles is to bring balance and to show them how to operate in that. What do you think about that? Absolutely. You know, I didn't, I took a, I took a beating. Um, I, I, I had a lot of denominational affiliation and right out of Bible school, I decided to, to do, to plant my church independently. Uh, I kept my credentials, I kept my relationship, but my church was independent. And I took a beating uh, for that because I disappointed a lot of people in the fact that I just didn't carry on in the denominational way. And uh, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons that I did that is because I felt like God wanted to build networks with pastors that we didn't have I felt like God wanted the kingdom be relational, not necessarily a headquarters and not uh, held together with certificates, but to be relational. I think I thought God wanted to raise up fathers and sons and impartation wow. and, and raise up future generations. I felt like God wanted to take people like me and let my pain be your wisdom. Yes. Don't repeat my pain, but let my pain be your wisdom. I don't want you to step on every landmine that I stepped on. So yes. let me tell you, my story and how to avoid them so that you can get there a different way. There's only two ways information flows. It flows through a mentor or it flows through experience. And I can promise you a mentor is a much easier, faster route. Yeah. But I, I, I will tell you that when, when you're talking about this father and son thing and some of the questions you get into, it is a shift that we would have to move to away from typical networks pastors usually pastors belong to a tribe a network a church a denomination they belong to something but true father and son ministry is the perfect biblical picture of a covering because a real spiritual father is a covering but never a lid mm. there's a big difference between a covering and a lid wow. uh, i've been in systems where when you started to ascend you would hit that Lid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But a true spiritual father doesn't mind pulling you up to where he is and then he get under you and pushing you above a place that he's ever been. Preach. I want people to see me that way. Wow. I don't know if they do, but uh, nothing would please me more than to have a group of sons around me that were turning America upside down yes. on its head. Nothing. Not, I mean, I would sit back on the sideline and be their biggest cheerleader. Yes. If that happened. And I've already told God, you know, I I love preaching. I love to preach the word of God. I'm alive. But 
I almost desire, instead of being in the arena, I almost desire to be in that room with those 26 guys. Wow. Because if I can get one-on-one with those 26 guys, that's how Dr. Miles Monroe pastor taught me the kingdom. Mm. I didn't learn the kingdom going to sessions. Come I didn't on. learn the kingdom going to a conference. It was when the conference was over, he would sit across a table with me for hours Wow! and pour the things of the kingdom in me. And it revolutionized my life. Pastor, and is, is I, that, is, is that not why, is that not really why I say the second most important thing Jesus ever did when, 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 the, when he was already gone, he understood Look, as long as I'm here with you, and if I don't spend this time with you, you're just yes. going to get caught up in this moment and everything. Right. But even though I know I'm going to be resurrected from the dead, I'm still going to disappear in the clouds, and you're not going right. to have me. So you've got to get this in you because there is no such thing as the church unless you get it. And, and yes. it's like, that's is that what you're saying, that the, one of the most Absolutely. important roles in our life is we got to make sure this younger generation gets it. Absolutely. And I'll not only tell you that, I believe, I believe that as, as a father, my church may not always bigger, be bigger or my ministry be larger. You may far surpass that one day. But let me tell you something a father does that we hadn't talked about yet, Pastor, as mm. a father will anchor you to your character. Oh, come on. Oh. Because once, once you get to great places and do great things, you need somebody that is not your friend, that is not your buddy, that is not your peer, that will ask you, how is your marriage doing? And why wow. does your wife have that look on her face? Mm. Why do you, why do I see rejection on your kids? Why do I not see your devotional life being like it was? And that's what I believe I am to a lot of these guys. I got guys around me doing things in two years that took me 15 years. Yes, sir. So yes, I'm sir. proud of them. But I'll also tell you this, I will hold their feet to the fire about the way they live and making sure that they live a life worthy of the calling they have received. Because wow. there are things you can't do that other people do, not because it's sin, but because of your calling. There are oh places you got to stay away from because of your calling. There are activities you cannot participate in simply because of the calling on your life. And I believe that is a lesson still to be learned because we do have a generation with great gifts, but not great character. Mm. Oh, you said it. You said something there. Ooh, great gifts, but not great character. And, yeah. and the sad thing is, quite frankly, the, one of the reasons that they burn out on the church is because their mamas and daddies, or maybe even them, but especially their mamas and daddies, tried to find character in the church, but they didn't find the character in the church that they should have found. And I'm so thankful that we have a, a, a man of God on this show in the big picture tonight, Pastor Ron Carpenter, that is willing to say openly, no matter how successful God makes him, one of the core things is he's teaching young people they still got to live right. There, live is, right. there is a level of accountability where you got to live according. Holiness is not a cuss word. Without right. it, you shall not see the Lord. And right. I'm telling you, the, the remnant that's left is that's why we're all labeled, you know, tenfold hat and crazy and fanatics and all this is because we're there's this is really nothing new. It's just a return to the discarded values of the past. And yeah. so that's what I see happening in your life. And and I'll be honest with you, I'm a podcast guy. Uh, I'm gonna throw this up here real quick. I love what God is doing in you and Hope's show, Unfiltered. 
I mean, wow. think about this, Pastor. I've listened to me. I've, I've cut grass listening to y'all. Y'all, y'all are just real and raw, man. And, and that is why God is using you in this moment because it's just there. It is there. It is. I didn't even know that was going to pop up. Real and raw and relevant. Uh, yeah. Ron and Hope unfiltered. Uh, so tell me, Pastor, real quick, take me down the journey. What caused you and Hope to decide, you know, hey, not only are we not winding down, we're about to get on and do a podcast yeah. to be just completely transparent about your marriage. We got, we've got, uh, God has graced us, Pastor, to have uh, many victories, which I will cherish the entirety of my life. But um, we've also got a lot of failures. And uh, God redeemed and restored the failures. Hmm. And I I don't like it that it's this way, but Pastor, it has been my experience that people don't connect with my victories near as much as they connect with my pain. Yes. And so uh. real raw and relevant was for us, for me and Hope, we're, we were very comical. A lot of the way you see us interacting, that banter, that's the way we live. That's the way we're married. That's the way we are here in the offices. Uh, we just kind of go back and forth at each other. Uh, God has been very, very good to us. But we did want people to get past the stage run yeah. and the stage hope yeah. and talk about the fact, you know, that we've had hurts, we've had arguments, that we've done things we're not proud of. Mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. had to restore us. God's had to cleanse us. God's had to change us. God's mm -hmm. had to break bondages. God's had to break addictions. All these things that we preach to you, we've had to walk in ourselves. Yes. And so it is a different forum to let them kind of see behind the curtain of a couple who, you know, there's a difference between you and your gift. Mm. And if people only see you in your gift, then they think that your gift and you are the same thing. Uh, so, so people will see me in the airport or people will see me in the supermarket and they think I'm going to be functioning as the guy on the stage wow. and they can get so disappointed when I'm just in sweats and I'm just there to buy some loaf bread. <laughs> yes. and, and, and so they get uh, so disappointed in that guy. So I want to let them know when you get a mic out of my hand and, and I know I don't have oil slinging it on everybody. There is a guy that helps his wife wash dishes. Yeah. There is a guy that has wow. to take out the trash. There is a couple that are doing whatever they have to do to stay in love. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to just give these people insight. And it has been amazing to me how much people have almost grabbed a hold of that podcast yeah. more than they ever do my teachings yeah. on YouTube or anything else. Yeah. Because that I think they get introduced to Ron instead yeah. of Pastor Ron. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, that's so good. And the truth is we we need Pastor Ron. Yeah. But this world we're living in is not going to hear from Pastor Ron if they don't have some kind of connection to Ron. To Ron. When they connect with Ron and they see this is not a slick-haired, shiny-shoed, pretty boy preacher, that he's that he's struggling, he's still fighting, he's still got stuff going on in his head that he has to repent of, that he yes. has to get on his face and actually pray about, then when you preach on prayer, you bring you bring authority behind it because they're like, I'll never forget being at a, a, an early manpower conference here in uh, Birmingham, Dr. Jake's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's up there. He's just, I mean, it's packed. He's just going, right. these guys behind us laughing, cutting up. They ain't paying attention to nothing that he says. 
I'll never forget, I was a young, young preacher. He starts talking about his struggles early on in his life when they turned his power off and, you know, he's he's just, he ain't got no money. He's lost his job. He's he talks, showing everybody his future church and he falls through the floor, you know, and he's his head sticking up out of the floor going, that's where the choir loft's going to be, you know. It, it, when he started telling those stories, all of a sudden I heard them guys shift and I started hearing them say, oh, oh, oh. He gets it. That brother gets it. That brother's been there. And all of a sudden, I saw their mindset shift. All the preacher, preacher man, uh, preacher Jakes, they didn't care nothing about it at that point. But when they knew he had had his power turned off, when he had struggled, all this kind of stuff, then he was able to preach a word that changed their lives, that run to the altars. And that's what you're talking about, Pastor, is that's that's the power of the technology. You know, we can we can harp about this as the devil's technology, and, and it is as being used by the devil, or we can take that thing and use yes. it for the kingdom while we got a shot. Listen, if you were to go look on my YouTubes, the most viewed YouTube I've ever had is a Sunday where I came back from Saturday night dropping my son off after graduation. It was August 18th. School was starting. So everybody's dropping their kids off at their new job, at their college dorm, at, at the university, back to school time, university time. My son had just graduated, and I just dropped him off at a rehab. Wow. And my heart was shattered. Oh my my son looked like a skeleton. I thought he was going to die. The drugs had devoured his life, his body. He had been locked up about a dozen times, had a rap sheet a mile long. He had been ravaged by all these toxins and chemicals in his body. And, uh, and I remember he called me on Saturday night. And while everybody else is celebrating their kid building a valedictorian, we celebrated because my son was able to hold down a hot dog. Jesus. He, his, his system was so messed up, he just threw up constantly all day. And, all, and he couldn't hold down food. Wow. And I got up the next Sunday morning to preach, and I couldn't preach. I just couldn't do it. My heart was, I just couldn't do it. And I sat down on the edge of the stage and with tears coming down my face, I told everybody, there was, was 5,500 people in that sanctuary when I did this mm. and the cameras were on. And I told everybody, I said, um, while y'all were dropping y'all's kids off at college yesterday, I dropped mine off at, at rehab. And I said, I feel like a failure. I feel like a failure as a father. I went through that 22 Hundred people got saved that day. <laughs> Climbing over people. They were coming down the aisles, stepping on the back of the pews, moving people's head out of their way because I got up there. I took pastor title and threw it out the door. And I said, I am a hurting man. I am a hurting man. I need Jesus right now. I don't understand. I didn't sow for this. I raised my kid in this kind of home. How has he been taken from me? Angry, confused, sad, heartbroken. And they immediately, that place was dead silent and hanging on every word I said. And 2,200 people gave their heart to Jesus that day. I've never had another day like that. And what was it? A day I shared pain. Yeah. Oh, uh, they, they didn't see Pastor Ron that day. They saw Ron. Yes. And I do think we need to honor the man of God and we teach honor. It's the character, it's the culture of the kingdom. However, there is something that transparency about struggle and pain 
And the fact is, I have to walk through the same stuff you walk through. Yes, sir. It connects and it preaches a powerful sermon. And I'm going to tell you, I thought the greatest sermons I would ever preach would be with my lips. But the greatest sermons I've ever preached have been with my life because we are written epistles read by all men. I don't even know what to say, man. That is, that is unbelievable. 2,200 people. 2,200 people. I've and, never and, had a day like it before nor since. And you was, and it was definitely, you didn't bring the most powerful revelation. You didn't bring some original Hebrew and Greek that jumped out at you. That was some deep word. You just stood in front of a bunch of people and That's said, I am dying. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't even stand. I sat on the edge of the stage with my legs dangling. I didn't dress up. And this was back in the suit days. I yeah. put on a hoodie and I went in there and I was broken. Mm. I mean, I was broken. I was crushed. Uh, I, I, I took my son to a, my son was sent to that facility by a judge. Wow. He said, you're going to this place or you're going to prison for a year. And so we drive him up there. And I mean, it's one of these places where it's a dry out place, but they lock it down. And I mean, they close a metal door and, and I, and I, and I just rode out of there with tears down my face. How God in the world, my firstborn son, how did I end up here? And, uh, and I just went back that morning and, and I told the people, I said, I need Jesus worse than anybody in this building right now. And I'm telling you a move of God broke out with just the simple, just cracking the window of vulnerability in my life. So that's here again, that goes back to the father and son stuff we're talking about. Yeah. I believe it's the authentic authenticity. That's what you said of his preaching is real because I know he's walked through it. Pastor, can you, speaking of that in the, in the few minutes that we got left, can you, as a father, can you speak out of that and take a few minutes and speak to everybody, whether it be a man, a woman, older person who was wounded from their childhood, young person, can you speak into that camera and from that place to maybe bring hope to a situation uh, because I believe right now there's some people that are just broken. They're just like, you're talking about me. You're talking about my my kids. You're talking about my life. What what would you say to those right there, right now, Pastor? You know what, guys? When Jesus showed up late to Lazarus and Mary and Martha were very upset with him because he could have healed them, Jesus looked at him and made a weird statement. I'm paraphrasing the story. He said, this is going to be for glory. It's going to be for glory. And that's an odd statement to make it to people who like they called for Jesus to come early. If Jesus would have come, Lazarus would not be dead. And then Jesus's response is, this is going to be for glory. What did that mean? Jesus waited four days and he waited four days on purpose. Why? Because the glory of healing the sick had already been revealed, but the glory of raising from the dead had never been revealed. And Jesus let it deteriorate on purpose to reveal a side of himself that nobody had ever got to see. And for those of you that are watching something deteriorate, 
Those of you that are watching your own self deteriorate. Those of you that are watching a kid and it just keeps going down, a marriage and it just keeps going down, and your family business passed down to you for 50 years and it just keeps going down, and you're saying, what is God doing? Let me tell you what God will do. God will let something keep sliding down on purpose so he can show up in a more miraculous way than you've ever seen him before. And I just pray over you and I speak over you right now that the strong arm of the Lord be revealed and God bring sense out of the confusion and God show you the fruit of your trust and show you the fruit of your faith and resurrect this thing that seems like it's dying right in front of you. God can heal it today. God can turn it around today. God can change it today. And I declare that he will. So be it in Jesus mighty name. In Jesus mighty Amen. name. And you know, you think about it. What did they see that side after four days? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I mean, I may, I'm, I'm no theolog- theologian, but pastor is, did we ever read about him crying before then? Jesus wept means Jesus wept. There ain't exactly. no Greek or Hebrew translation. Exactly. He sat there and he felt pain over the condition, even though he knew he had the power to change it. Wow. And wow. pain is real. Pain does not discriminate and it does not skip anybody's household. Everybody will experience it. But if we can hold on, Jesus will come around and show you a side of him you've never seen in every impossible situation. Remember, our impossibilities are God's possibilities. Amen. So God will show up. Well, Pastor, uh, I want to just show everybody real quick before we go. You can go to roncarpenter.com, and you will get all the information. You can connect with him there. You can see his latest series that he's preaching, how to connect with him on his podcast, how to connect with him on his television ministry. Oh, all of this is found there at roncarpenter.com. And then also, Pastor, real quick, let everybody know if they would like to know more about the vault, unlock the vault. Tell us about you know that. What? I'm going to be right up front on this. There is a subscription and sometime that turns people off. They want everything to be free. Well, it wasn't free for me to get this thing ready. Hmm. Yep. We had to bring in all types of tech companies. We had to create this, this way of doing this from the ground up. And then I have things all the way back to cassette tapes. Wow. And so we took things all the way back in the nineties and had to digitally remaster That's all amazing. of these things. We made a great investment and a great expense to package this in a way it can be useful. I don't have a hang up about people preaching stuff. They learned from me. You ain't got to put my face on front of it. You ain't got to tell them I learned this from I could care less. The fact is, especially for young ministers. Yeah. I have about 2,300 hours of teaching in the vault. Oh my God. So I can bring you one CD for nine ninety five and sell you one message. Right. Or I can give you for nine ninety five entree to my entire life library. Yeah. On every topic imaginable. Wow. It's renewable every month. You don't have to keep it. You can shut it down. But for nine dollars, you can go in and especially young ministers, man, if I'd have for nine dollars oh my goodness been able, yes. to, been able to get entree to an entire great man of God entire library. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so that's why I packaged it. I've written books. I don't feel like I'm a great writer. I'll be honest. I feel like I say it better than I write it. And so we've decided instead of me trying to write a bunch of books to package it in a different way, hmm. because I want these messages to outlive me. Wow. And so I would, uh, ask somebody just to check it out and get your customized preacher, whatever topic 
you're yes. struggling with or need to hear on that day, go in the vault, go straight to it. And, uh, I mean, I've probably got 200 hours on the kingdom in there. Oh. I probably got 50 hours on marriage. I probably got 80, 90 hours of teaching on faith. I mean, any, anything you want to hear about, it's all in there. So that's something we've done. And uh, there is a cost to it. There's a cost to maintain it and everything. The 995 with enough people helps us cover that cost. And I just well, like to make it available. You can go to sure. either of our website, the church or mine, and click on the vault, and it'll let you know everything you need to do. Thank you for letting me share that. I Absolutely. really appreciate it. Oh, there's no way I wasn't going to because that's one of my driving forces, Pastor, is to invest in other young men and women. Thank invest. You. And I'm just thinking about – I was just thinking about how much Rod Parsley means to both me and you. And oh, how wow. in those days, you know – you know, it was the VHS tape or in person. That was it. Or a CD or a cassette, actually a cassette. But mm -hmm. think about all that it would take to drive, to go get a room and stay at Dominion and all this kind of stuff. But you got all those years of ministry in one central location. So I, I would, mean, I would buy teachings from Dr. Mike Murdoch on wisdom. I would buy, and I mean, you get a set of tapes and they were $49 and $69 mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, everything I got for nine, binge, listen to it 24 hours a day. I don't care right, right. if you're a preacher, turn around, put your name on front of it, preach it. I don't care. Yep, I yep. put it together because I want it to help people. Yep. And, uh, and yep. like I said, I believe it can be a great resource, especially to an aspiring minister. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, I listen, pastor, I remember days it used to take me seven or eight hours to put together a message. Let me tell you why. Because I'd be in there on Friday. Friday was my study day, and I'd have books laying everywhere. And I, I got them on a couch. I got them on a chair. I got them on my desk. And you're thumbing through the pages trying to do things. To have a resource where you can hit click on a computer. Unreal. Unreal. And it's right there. The time that it'll save and the resource it can Absolutely. be. I'm proud of it. It took a lot to get it here. I would love for people to be able to enjoy it. Yep. Well, Pastor, we have got to get you down to Birmingham, Alabama, to Solid Rock to. Church. Man, I tell you, I, Birmingham would love to have you, and Solid Rock would love to have you. So, But I, it has been literally, I mean this, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, one of my greatest honors since God Thank has you. put me on, on YouTube to have you as a guest on The Big Picture. So everybody go to roncarpenter.com and follow everything that he's doing. Thank you so much again, Pastor, for joining us Bless on The Big Picture. My friend. Hope to see you again real soon. God bless. Amen. God bless. If you would like to give and support our television ministry, this is also the same place that you would go to. Just go to LarryRagon.com, click on the Give button, and you can support everything that we're doing here at The Big Picture from our television ministry now that's going into millions of homes and their television, as well as our YouTube channel and all that we're doing for the kingdom you've got a part of it. Until next week or next time, any time that you see the big picture, we always want to remind you, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.